How do we start? <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. It's been a while. Has been a while. Well, I guess welcome back to another episode of When You're 23. <laughs> this is your short hair. <laughs> yeah. Getting a haircut reminded me of those days. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, uh, I guess we can just start... Okay, uh, so today we wanted to talk about our yearly themes, correct? Yeah. yeah, I also wanted to ask you a few questions about mechanical keyboards, Okay. since you're now the resident expert. Which <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> one do we want to start with? Uh, let's do keyboard, or let's do, yeah, let's do keyboards first, and then we can get into the the yearly cool. themes. Cool, cool. <laughs> Halfway through the year, basically. <laughs> so mostly, mostly what I want to do is, is ask a little bit more about like what you've learned about different layouts and why they matter. Okay. Like, but but first, you switched to a mechanical keyboard fairly recently, right? Fair, yeah. Like around the same time I did, which was like what last summer? It last was... fall. Yeah, I mean, I got my job. Wait, did I? I got my job first or after I got a keyboard. I, I think honestly, it was after. Yeah, so I started my job at the end of October, so probably November, December is when I got my I keyboard. Th- I think I was still in the master bedroom when I got my keyboard, and you got yours like one or two days later. Yeah, I, I, I think I got mine a first. while after. You ordered first, but it took longer to arrive. No, I had to just – I did a ton of research so did I. It was like weeks before I finally ordered one. Oh, you're right. So I think you've had you had yours for a little bit longer. Yeah, because I I definitely set mine up when I was in the master, but I was only in there for like a few weeks before I moved down. So it would have been I got mine probably like the end of August or the end of September. Yeah. And then when I moved to the basement, like a s- how long have we been in the basement now? For a while. It's been like seven to eight months. Yeah, I don't know honestly. Might be longer than that. It might be nine months now. Yeah, because I remember I started working, and I think I used this key, like a full size keyboard, yeah. or I used it just on my uh, just on my laptop keyboard. Gosh, did I actually do that? That sounds horrible. I think I did. Yeah, I did for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the main motivation for you to switch to a mechanical? Um, well, a couple things. Was it the leagues? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was, part of it was, so there's a guy on one of my podcasts named Mike, and he recently, like, as of a couple years ago, got really into mechanical keyboards, so he's been talking about them. They're kind of like the uh, computer nerds version of fountain pens, <laughs> where, like, they're Makes super sense. customizable, super niche, and just kind of dorky, but for different people. Yeah, that kind of makes sense because, like, there there's some people out there with, like, crazy customized keycaps. Yeah. And it makes you look like you, you want – they vomited on the keyboard. Yeah. And, and he's very much into was, that type of thing. He builds his own. He was he the dude soldering. with the full, like, stainless steel mechanical keyboard? Is that someone else? Because I remember you bring, showing me someone with that. Oh, no. That was a guy who builds them – professionally for other people and so he built one for like 
one of the top like Casey Fortnite or streamers, oh, Fortnite or, something. streamers or something like that. And so, yeah, he made a custom keyboard. It was like a three or four thousand dollar keyboard or something. I can only imagine like how cool it would be to have a stainless steel keyboard. Yeah, like, that it thing sounded amazing. Heavy. It sounded freaking amazing. So heavy that if you have like a standard switch, the key just pushes itself. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. Well, the keys are still plastic, but the base, it's the base oh, the and the base plate and everything are metal. I would so, love the whole thing to be metal. That would be yeah, rad. That would be interesting. I wonder if they do. I bet they do make I'm metal sure. keycaps. I'm sure they make aluminum ones at least. Yeah. I would love brass. For some reason, I'm like thinking a lot about brass. <laughs> you have some brass accents in here, but I, I love brass. Brass is rad. Yeah, it is cool. It's just hard to find anything than worth its salt and brass. Like I've been looking for, so like woodworking, you you have planes and you need to adjust them with a little hammer to mm. knock a, knock the iron into place, exactly like fine tune. And except if you use steel, it ruins the plane and mm. and the hammer head because they're both super hard and brittle. And then, but if you use a softer thing, a lot of people just use like acrylic mallet or a wooden mallet. Um, but they are, aren't able to adjust quite as much because they don't have enough weight behind them. So a lot of people recommend like brass because brass will bend itself around. Like it will deform way more than not do any damage because it's too soft. Huh. Plus it just looks awesome. Yeah, but I haven't found one cool. of the design that I like. But that's a tangent <laughs> on a tangent. Um, what was the uh, – so did you answer what was the main reason you made the switch? It was just – yeah, it was just – the customization aspect of it, like, because I really do get, like, kind of nerdy into, like, yeah. the the things that I use. Like, I use fountain pens and stuff like that. And so it was the idea that I could customize, like, what it looked like, the different, uh, like, the, yeah, basically all that it looked like, but then also the key or the switches, like, the things that you actually press. And then, like, a lot of people just raved about them, and they said that they were, like, fun to use, good to use or whatever, so... Yes. And you could get clicky ones and such. So, the the two main reasons I ended up switching um, were what the main 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 reason was reliability. Oh yeah. So the the best keyboards I've ever used for always like registering a button tap, even like super fast, like when you're playing League of Legends or another game, are mechanical keyboards or the Apple keyboard, the Magic keyboard. For some reason, that like wireless one is just incredibly good, but. But I wouldn't. I still don't know if I'd use it for league, because I haven't really put it through the works. And I know my mechanical works amazing for it. Like before, I was using a Logitech K something or other. It's actually sold on the Apple Store hmm. as well as one of the accessories. It's a nice keyboard. I really liked it because it has a similar feel to the Magic Keyboard. But it wasn't reliable when I was playing League. It had ghosting issues where if I was pressing too many keys at once, it wouldn't register another key press. Or if I was pressing them in too quick of succession, sometimes they wouldn't register. And you know League, you push lots of buttons really fast. True. Um, so, so that was the main reason I switched. Um, pun intended. <laughs> but I also really like the clickety-clackety-ness. Like, that's why I got, I think I have the blue switch. Yeah, you have the blues. Yeah. yeah, I got the ducky blue, um, and the keyboard itself is blue, which is it's nice. <laughs> but I only use it on Windows, so it's not like I even type on it. I actually suck at typing on it because I'm not used to it. <laughs> yeah, for the new one that I just ordered, I actually got... Um, 
So there's like a bunch of different keycaps or key switches, and I the tactile ones are the ones that have like that little like bump in the middle of them, so you can kind of feel like it. It really like you know kind of pushes back on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the clicky ones are obviously the ones that they have a little thing in there that when you press it, it like knocks a little thing, so it makes it and makes a sound intentionally. I so I had those before. They were the Kale Box Jades the ones that I bought. So I've been using those for a while, but in this new keyboard that I bought, I'm doing uh, Kale Silvers, which are linear, so they don't have a tactile. They're kind of like the brown sun? Um, maybe. I don't know much about the MX Cherry ones. Okay. Um, yeah, so, but they're also, they're, they're easier to push down because I'm trying to solve some RSI issues. And so they're easier to push down by about 10 grams. And they also Very, don't have any tactileness. They're just linear. <laughs> I just love how granular the, the customization is. Like, oh, 10 grams. <laughs> like down to the weight. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, the blues are like 40 gram to whatever. Uh, and then the yeah, next pro- harder one is like 60, something like that. The greens? Yeah. I think the greens are, yeah, about 60. So my, I think mine's like 50, 55. Mm-hmm. And the new ones that I just bought, I think are about 40. I, I I was considering I was torn between the blues because they're very clickety. They are, and the browns, which are like most people go to for that. It's either browns or reds for uh, for gaming, mm-hmm. and that's that's because it's a reduced clickety clackety, and they 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 still have the distinct. It's pressed, like the, yeah. like the blues have, but it's like a muted press, which is interesting. But I prefer the clickety clackettiness. I like being able to slightly push my button and then right when it engages, no, and hear it as well. It's fun. Well, yeah, and everyone laughs every time. Like there's like nothing happening when we're playing league, and then all of a sudden I just like get in a little skirmish and like really mash my keyboard, and everyone's like, "Well, what's going on over there?" Yeah, so I have had a couple ghosting issues with mine. That's another part of the reason why mm-hmm. I'm semi switching. Like I still like my keyboard and the the Jays. They're they're nice. I like them, um, but I just want to. St- try out some other switches as well because they're it's the first mechanical keyboard I've ever bought. So I do have had ghosting where I press something and it doesn't register. Hmm. Um, and that's actually a fairly known issue with these particular ones because they're super tactile and they're also just a little bit heavier. And so it has been like a thing that people have mentioned. So I want to check out some of the stuff. So, so the main reason you got it was hobbyist stuff. Not really anything else other than just you're interested in them, you like the customization, it's all hobby. Yeah. So you weren't like trying to solve anything by getting them? No, at first, no. No, okay. I'm curious to find out if the new ones will solve your issues that you're having with uh, typing and pain. Yeah, we'll see. It should. I I think I've kind of narrowed it down to some of the issues I've been having. But we'll see. I think you asked me a little bit earlier about different keyword layouts. Yeah, I want to get into that. Is this like actual like Cordy versus Dvorak versus Yeah, I'm curious to see about. like the main everything I've heard is the main benefit is once you're used to it, typing speed increases because it's more natural for language. Is that like the main reason to do it or is it also preference? Um I think a lot of it is preference. I think so I've watched a lot of videos on this. I obviously haven't tried. Keyboard. I tested it. <laughs> <laughs> I tested it for like half a second in Colmac, which is the mm-hmm. third most popular uh, keyboard layout. And it was nice. Like, honestly, I mean, I was only using stuff on the home row and one other key, like, up where the 
T? No. I'm totally the Y is gosh I'm like I have to like think about it in my head um and I was surprised at how many words I could type just on the home row which is nice so QWERTY the reason why QWERTY kind of sucks is because a lot of like they have what are called heat maps basically which is how often you press certain keys and in the English language and for QWERTY uh there, it's kind of all over the place. Like some of them on the home row, like the A and stuff, but like the E and the I and the O and all those like other vowels are up. And so um, they kind of wanted, so the idea of like Dvorak, which is the second most popular and also another really old keyboard layout is to make it more ergonomical so you don't have to move your hands as much. Mm-hmm. So that one um, is completely different. Like it's very, um, very different from QWERTY. Um, and the punctuation is up like where the, the Q W E R, um, which is interesting. That like is the semicolon and, and stuff so are like up there. Um, so the one that I would pro there's two other ones that are more modern and more popular, especially in like the, uh, the, uh, mechanical keyboard, um, communities. And those are Colmac and the last, uh, the other one is Workman. Mm. So Colmac tried, their whole philosophy is to um, minimize, basically they want to, because also QWERTY is fairly left-hand. Yeah. It puts a little bit more more work on your left hand than your right hand. And they wanted to balance that out, but they also wanted to keep it as close to QWERTY as they could. So the last row, like Z, X, C, V... And stuff, and B actually, and N, I don't know. But all that, basically the bottom row is the same in Colmac, and also the Q and the W are the same. And so keyboard shortcuts, like very common keyboard shortcuts, like Command or Command C, Command V for copy mm-hmm. and paste, and Bold, and you know Command Z for undo and cut, all those are in the same exact spot, which is nice. Um and then basically, this is super nerdy, but basically the reason why Workman got invented is because there the H is in the same spot on Colmac and the T is where the F is. So right under your left index finger. And so there's like this roll thing that you had to do for the word or for T-H-E, which is a very common like letter combination mm-hmm. in English. Yeah. And the guy who invented Workman didn't like to have to move his finger his index finger on his right hand over to the H so often while he did that like roll thing for the T-H-E. And so he made a whole entire new keyboard layout to make, to facilitate that a little more called Workman. And so that's the fourth, I think, most popular one right now. Um, So there's also variants like Colmac has noticed that that's like a real problem with the H being over because you use yeah. T-H-E a lot. So they have a variant called uh, Colmac D-H where they move the D and the H keys, which is those middle two, mm-hmm. to different keys. And then they have other variants called D-H-M, which like flips literally two keys. And so there's a bunch of random stuff. But basically what you're what you're asking originally was like what the why you would want to switch keyboard layouts mm-hmm. is one of them that everyone touts is speed. But from what I've seen, it's either like most people just be like, yeah, I never, I haven't really experienced any speed increases 
um, and I've been using it for years. Other people say, wow, I've you know literally doubled my speed. And I think that has to do with them, their knowledge of QWERTY. And focusing on it more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then other people talk about like, um, oh, what's the other? There's like two main ones. One of them is the speed... I can't remember what the second one is. One of them is comfort, maybe, or like... Uh, comfort and feel. Or accuracy or whatever. But the mm. I think the main reason for it would be like comfort. Like because it's just way more comfortable because you're not moving your hand as much. That um, would make sense. And accuracy increases too because <laughs> you're not jumping around quite it, as much. It just, it kind of like the comfort thing and not moving your hands as much just reminds me of like why we still... It's like the sci-fi movie thing where everyone, like the keyboards in sci-fi are all like, um, they're, they're never like actual keyboards. They're like, their hands are on like a globe and they're like moving things on the globe. Like that, that doesn't look comfortable at all. Why would anyone invent that? But I mean, if you're like just depressing the keys under your fingers just typically and then everyone's while moving, that would be pretty nice. Um, you also mentioned like rolls, mm-hmm. like if there's a keyboard that facilitated like a ton of rolls, that'd be really fun. Cold Mac. Yeah. My favorite word to type, um, is ready because oh, it's yeah. just the left hand and it's just like a circle. Yeah. Like a little swoop. And I like that. Power is also another one people to mention because it's PO and then a, a roll power. Um, it's two rolls with both yeah. hands. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the pro- the one the main problem. This is like the huge problem. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, you don't want to switch keyboard layouts because then you become useless and qwerty, and you can't use other people's computers, and people get confused when they use your computer. Which I guess is fairly valid. Me, that doesn't make any sense, or I don't care about that. <laughs> the, like, when am anyone going to use your computer but you? The main reason that I'm really hesitant to switch to Colmac, which I'm really seriously debating is because of keyboard shortcuts. Uh-huh. And like, as I just imagine that just being absolute nightmare having to relearn tons of keyboard shortcuts, especially for things like Vim, which is very, very keyboard shortcut heavy. And like all of the weird like things because they're all video games. Uh, not that I use that, play that many video games, but all video games, all software, expects you to be using QWERTY. Yeah. And so they map their keyboard shortcuts to be QWERTY-centered. And there's a good number of games that don't let you change your keyboard bindings as well. Yeah, which would suck. Which, I mean, it doesn't matter for you because you only play, like, two. And they yeah. allow you to do that. But, yeah, that would be, like, StarCraft. The original StarCraft, you can't remap the keys. Yeah, Everyone plays suck. with the same shortcuts no matter what. StarCraft Two, you can, I think, except in competitive play. So why would you? Yeah. Um, but... So I don't know, like I really want to try it, but you become basically useless right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I'm still debating if I want to do it because the idea of comfort is like really what gets me because there are just some weird, you don't realize how weird your hands, what they do. Um, like one of the examples is like AT, like AT is such actually a pretty awkward hand movement. Yeah. Um, and AT is used a ton in English. Um, and so there's just like a bunch of little things you don't really realize A-T-H until you think about it. Is is very annoying because you use the same figure for T and for H. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And so... Yes. No, I, no H no, is on H the other is on side. The right hand. 
Yeah, H is on the other I side. I use H on my left hand. <laughs> really? Yeah. I use my left hand for... Um, for I mean, I type with three fingers on my right hand and four fingers on my left hand. Oh, well, and I weird. use the space bar with my re- left hand. Hmm. So I... I just uh, I use those three fingers. Every once in a while, I'll use my pinky for enter or for the right hmm. shift, but not often. But for the most part, I don't use my right pinky. That's interesting. Or my right thumb. Yeah, I don't use my right thumb for anything. I, I never, I, I mean, when I was a kid, I had to look at the keyboard to type, and I favored my left hand for typing, and it's just kind of stuck for a lot of things. Hmm. But... Yeah, so for some when I start a word with H, like when I type head, I use my right hand. But when I do like A-T, I use my same index finger to hit H, hmm. which is janky as all get out. <laughs> but I do it, and it works, and I can type 60 to 70 words per minute. So it's not like it's ruining my life in a half. Yeah, the main other thing that really bugs me is where all of, like, as a programmer, where all of the brackets and parentheses and stuff are. I, yeah. They're so hard to get to, and I just always have to look. I just, for some reason, I just haven't trained myself to be able to just hit them when I need them. Finally, hit the point where uh, curly braces, I don't have to look to use them, which is nice nice. because you use those all the time in JavaScript. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't, I, one of the other things, the benefits, kind of the unintentional benefits that people say switching keyboard layouts is um, that you have to relearn in a more methodical way how to type. And so all of the crazy bad habits that you have with QWERTY go away. And so your keyboard like usage becomes a lot cleaner. Um, I could see it being a huge benefit for me because 80 to 90% of my bad habits are from childhood learning how to type. That's exactly. And never unlearning it. And so if I was forced to learn a different layout, my QWERTY would probably get better. Um, on my mission, they have a different layout. The Z and the Y are swapped. Mm. Um, and so is a good majority of the punctuation. Um, so like quotation marks is shift two hmm. um, rather than it being shift next to the enter key on the right hand. And so like the only habits that I – like I developed better typing because of that. Um, but now – I jokingly type like birth daz instead of birthday because I do that <laughs> accidentally all the time on the mission where a word would just randomly have a Z in it instead of a Y. That's pretty funny. Because you don't – like Y and Z are not common letters. Yeah, no, they're not. And then when they're swapped and you don't remember, you're <laughs> typing a letter at home and whatever. I'm not going to fix that. It's funny anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there are other ones like Neo is another keyboard layout that's kind of favored for Germans because it it – because they the love the language. matrix for some reason, huh? Because they love the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know. Like I'm still debating it. I might try it out and like try to switch. But the other thing, like it's funny because like trying to figure out which keyboard layout to switch to. Like everyone is. It's like it's not quite a holy war because like people just love like oh I'm all in on Workman. I love Colmac. I like Dvorak. Whatever it is. But they all agree that anything except for QWERTY is fantastic because as soon as you switch away for QWERTY like the differences and benefits are kind of negligible, yeah. but apparently QWERTY in it's and of itself awful. is just not good. So yeah. if you switch away from that, then you're great. I know there's a good number of people who use Dvorak. Yeah, that's um, a very popular one. It's the second most popular one. I mean, I think it's popular enough that you can actually, like most companies that sell laptops, manufacture a version of the laptop with that keyboard layout. Yeah, it's super old 
too. Yeah, it's like from the 60s, isn't it? It might be older than that. I don't know exactly when it was made, but it was. It's really old. It's also it's a, one of the default uh, keyboard layouts you can choose on macOS, mm-hmm. and actually Colmac is on there as well. Oh, cool! Um, so, so you don't have to install any third party software to recognize your keyboard. I would not have to. Well, for mine, the one that I ordered, I can just I can just flash it with whatever, and so I can leave my keyboard layout as QWERTY, mm-hmm. um, which will be great for. Like if there's someone else, so you decided to laptop. keep it, and then I can just change the keys in their software. Um, that's probably what I'll do. I'm trying to decide if I actually want to switch trying my. To decide if you actually want to keep it QWERTY or yeah, switch it up since you have different keyboard now. Yeah, part of the things is that it would be nice. Like I want to leave my the keyboard that I get in the QWERTY layout because mm-hmm. I don't want to be able to cheat by looking at my keys. Okay. Because I want to really like force myself to learn how to touch type way better. Yeah. Especially when it comes to things like brackets and curly braces and parentheses and all the programmer stuff. I just want to be able to get rid of that, like having to look. I think I'm thinking of getting rid of my keyboard with the 10 key mm-hmm. um, for Apple's, my, my magic keyboard with the 10 key, because I'm realizing, I mean, I'm really fast on a 10 key and I love a 10 key. But it takes up a lot of space, and I want to get used to the, like typing fast with the number row. Um, I don't know why, but I do. I want to get fast at touch typing. Actually, I think I know why. I think it's because a lot of the symbols that I use for programming are on the number row. Mm-hmm. So if I know where that number is without thinking about it, I'll know which symbol is there as well. So it's easier for me to touch type um, symbols. Um, plus I don't really like having a dedicated, like I, I do and I don't like having a dedicated keys that are only those. I like that the keys have a shift function or an alt function. Um, and I mean the, the 10 key does have alt functions, but I don't have any of them memorized. I know which one is like the weird smiley face, but (laughs) I think, and I used to have it memorized, which ones were the, the German umlaut letters. It's like. Mm. Alt one three four is like oh um out or something like that, um, but I don't need that anymore because I just entered I created software keyboard shortcuts for those with Apple stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking. I also they haven't listed the keyboards yet for the the new Touch ID ones. Oh yeah. And I'm betting that they're going to be super pricey. <laughs> There's like no way they're not going to be. If you buy a standalone um, Magic keyboard by itself right now with a ten key, it's like 130 bucks. It's like not cheap. Yeah. Um, so with Touch ID as well, it's probably going to be close to 200 bucks. Probably will. You also need to check because it might not be compatible with the non-Apple Silicon laptop. You may need to check. I don't know what their requirements will be though. Maybe, yeah. But they'll go on sale curious. in a bit. There's, there's a chance they won't even sell them standalone for a while because they come matching color with the new iMac. Yeah, it'll be a while. Like they talked about that on ATP today. They will eventually list them, most mm-hmm. likely, because they have done with all that. But firstly, just to supply the demand of all the influx of new computer sales, they'll probably not sell them for a while. It's and like then in the, a couple uh, months, list them. The Space Gray touchpad wasn't available yeah. standalone for a long time. It's like a year and a half or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's enough keyboard talk, I think. <laughs> yeah, my That's dad enough. is going to be so bored. <laughs> <laughs> Our uh, single listener who <laughs> hopefully will stand by us even this 
long after the last episode. <laughs> I wonder if he deleted our podcast. He's kind of like uh, strict Clean. about like if he doesn't listen to a podcast or if a podcast Clean's doesn't house. get shown, he deletes it. <laughs> so we'll see if he. I don't know. The album art that we have is uh, looking better every day. <laughs> Okay, well, let's get into the actual topic for today's episode, which was our yearly themes. It's our uh, annual tradition of (laughs) two years now. (laughs) Wait, no, this is the third year. This will be the third year with a theme episode, and it's always like a few months into the year. (laughs) Yeah, we're kind of bad at that. Like, oh, yeah, we could talk about our themes we made three months ago. Let's do it. Let's see. Uh, so themes. Um, what's the main thing that helps you th- decide what on a yearly theme? Like what, what makes you decide to do it like a theme? So for me, um, a lot of times I try to think about kind of where I'm at at this at the beginning of the year, kind of where I plan to be, like what I plan to kind of achieve or what I would hope to achieve. Like very vague, nothing like super mm-hmm. hard cut or set in stone. And then I come up with some type of um, way to encapsulate that to remind me of kind of that overarching, you know, kind of, you know, direction, I guess, is basically how I think about it. Um, yeah, those are super, a bunch of vague words, but yeah, that's kind of how I do it. I kind of reverse engineer it a little bit where I think about what I want to do and then come up with a theme to fit that. That will help remind me of of that. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. Um, my the main thing that I kind of do is I like near the end of the year I start kind of getting excited about the change of year and a change of a theme, and I look at what I want to focus on. And then for the last three years in a row, um, my theme has had nothing to do with that decision that I've come to. <laughs> um, it always ends up just like right before the near, I'm like, you know what? Never mind. I need to think and focus on this. Like in doing scripture study or things like that. I'm just suddenly just dawns on me. It's more important for me to focus on this area of my life, not that area of my life. Um, yeah. So, so like how long did it take you to decide on your yearly theme? This one took a little bit longer. Um, just because I wasn't sure what the direction would go or kind of what I wanted to focus on. Um, yeah, last year's was easier and came quicker. This one took a little... And I had several other themes. Like I said, you know, this is going to be my yearly theme this year. And then as a, I thought about it more, I was like, no, that doesn't quite fit. So this one took a little longer, but not super long. It's, it's kind of hilarious. This, this year's theme for me, um, so last year at about... Mid October, I started thinking, all right, which theme do I want to do? And I came up with an idea of doing a year of dedication. And I really liked that idea. I was just like, I can then set goals, you know, to dedicate myself and hyper focus on something. And I really liked that idea. I was thinking about my career, I was thinking about my calling, I was thinking about um, dating and, and losing weight and building muscle and not being a total slob. And right before the end of the year, I was doing study for some reason. And immediately I was just like, nope, can't do a year of dedication. I need to focus on this one line from a scripture. Hmm. And so um, I don't, I don't even re- really remember like which verse it was, but it wasn't. So like my theme is a year to not seek my own. And 
like the only scripture that specifically says that word for word seeketh not her own is is in uh third Nephi, not third Nephi, uh Moroni seven, about charity not seeketh seeketh not her own. Mm-hmm. And so I I thought I it wasn't that scripture that reminded me of it. It might have been a quote by someone, a general authority or something, but I, I don't remember what I was studying or why, but that stood out to me and I was like that needs to be my year theme. My year theme needs to be a year where I don't seek things for myself. I need to like specifically the thing that popped in my head was investing. I need to stop investing for myself and start investing for my family, my future family, and just my future spouse and like stop being super focused on how it benefits me, which changed a lot of how I made financial decisions near the beginning of the year. Like it had a huge impact on when I got my bonus at work. Um, like I was reviewing my year theme and went, okay, I need to pay off a lot of debt. So my spouse don't have to deal with that if I get married (laughs) and stuff like that. So how did like, so what, what is your year theme? If you don't mind sharing my yearly theme is the year of freedom, year of freedom, America, (laughs) America, America, um, Trump lost, Trump lost, (laughs) (laughs) freedom, (laughs) right. Um, so what was the main motivation for choosing that? Would you say the main motivation for choosing that was just, I feel like for the past couple of years, I've had all these things that I've been doing or even like, like just situations that I want to break away from i guess like that's super vague but Free like yourself from like debt yeah like debt is a bit like the big one was that like i didn't have a good job for years and then at the end of this year or the end of last year and like the end of october i got a good job and so now i'm just like okay now i can rethink a lot of what i like the concepts in my head, like the way that I saw my life, the way that I saw the world and stuff kind of changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of wanted to take that further and like, that makes no sense. But basically like, so I have a couple, I'm just going to go into what I talked about mm-hmm. or what I wrote down for this when I was thinking about it. So the first one obviously is debt. Like I didn't have a job for a year and a half. I had to like live off of credit cards a little bit. I mean, I did have some income from Kylan's work. Um, but not enough to support myself fully. And so I wanted to hit that super hard, like like financial freedom, just like exactly what you said. When I get married, I don't want my wife to have to then, you know, be burdened by my ill financial decisions. And so <laughs> that's like the first thing that I'm doing is like really trying to be as frugal as possible. I haven't really increased my monthly expenses basically at all, really. And have just been throwing all the extra money I can at debt. Uh, the second one is uh, so there are three different things that I thought about. Third, or the second one is getting rid of old projects. So things that have been kind of weighing me down because freeing I, yourself from things that you don't want to finish, but you feel obligated to finish because you started them. Yeah, like okay. the first example for this is like Kylan's app. Kylan stuff where I enjoyed working for him for the past almost three years. And, uh, but it sucks and you hate it and you want to die. 
I just, I think it's time for me to move on. And it's a great project for someone else who's like learning how to program because it got me my job basically. Let's be honest. Um, it doesn't pay great. It's complicated and it's in a technology you don't really like. Yeah. So it would benefit someone who's trying to break in a lot more than it'll benefit you. And so freeing yourself from that project will enable the project to have someone who cares more to get involved Mm -hmm. and who will benefit from it more, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like just things like that. And the other thing that I'm trying to do like quickly is finish the, the brother record that we're working on. It's almost done. Actually, I'm basically done with that. So just, yeah, anything that I don't, that I've been doing that I haven't really cared about, I kind of want to get rid of. One, one, a very quick example of something hilarious that I thought about. So you know how I love BMW. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to buy a BMW. And my thought like several years ago was, why don't I just start fixing my own car and like really try to fix my own car? Because then when I get a BMW, I'll be able to fix it myself because they're expensive. <laughs> I didn't even think at all, not even once, that I would have a good job and just pay a mechanic. <laughs> and so like my whole just... my whole thought was I need to be able to fix my own car. BMWs are expensive. I don't have any money right now, so I have to be able to fix it myself. And I didn't even think about it in the future that if you I can would... afford a BMW, you can for- afford a mechanic. Yeah. And so my thought now is okay, if things like that, like fixing my own car, doing my own oil changes, like fixing my AC, like that has just been such a nightmare. And so all of these things, I'm just like, you know what? I don't have to do that anymore. And I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> it, it, this whole situation just reminds me of that that uh, joke my brother made when we were talking about like the habits of people who don't earn money. And you were like very harsh. And <laughs> right after you got your job and Mike's just like, it's been two weeks, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but at the same time, like it really does open up your mind to a lot of opportunities when you're financially secure and yeah. possibilities and ability that you have to do something and it not ruin your life. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I got my first good job, I got a car that didn't suck. And it was really nice having a car that didn't smell like death, no matter what I did. Um, and I realized that. I hate cloth seats in cars. I hate them. They always end up smelling musty, dirty, or gross, no matter what you do, Um, especially if you deliver pizza. Yes. Um, Because they always get that old, spongy foam smell to them, no matter what. But if you have faux leather or even leather seats, that always sublimates? Is that the word? Sublimates? There's always something coming off of the seat naturally that smells nice. It's like a natural car freshener. Like my car, people comment on how good it smells all the time when it's clean Um, because the seats just smell great, especially in the summer when they're sitting there nuked under the sun. Is yours real leather or faux leather? it's faux leather, but it still has that same quality to it where it just smells great. (laughs) Um, So my last one, just real quick before we move on to yours is uh, to just kind of get a better routine slash become more organized. Mm -hmm. Because I I have, like, a lot of things that I want to do. Like, basically, my end goal is that I want to, like, be completely financially independent, have my own businesses, my own things that I, you know, own projects that earn me my money. And so I feel like 
one of the things I need to become more organized and diligent about, like my schedule, the things that I do every day, and you know, just try not to waste as much time on things. And so, yeah, just being better at my routine. And, you know, I've been trying to get to bed at the same exact time, wake up at the same exact time so that I can just kind of slowly, I guess, just be more productive because I'm more structured, I guess. That makes sense. That does make sense. It like frees you from the shackles of being an unorganized jerk. <laughs> I don't know the word I'm looking for. <laughs> jerk say, is not the right word. I was going to say, I don't think unorganized and jerk are really like... Well, the first word that popped in my head is extremely inappropriate <laughs> and would require us to mark the episode as profane, <laughs> but I, I'm not going to say that. Um, but now that makes sense though. I actually really like that theme. When I When I chose my theme of a year to not seek my own. Um, I spent like two hours just reading every talk and every scripture that used the phrase seek not their or his or her own. And I copied and pasted every single one that I felt I wanted it to represent my year theme. And I put them all into my document and then I, I took the ones that I really liked from that one and kept only a few of them. So like I ended up with a lot of um a lot of really good quotes um that I'd never never even thought of like like this quote I love second corinthians twelve fourteen um the the third time I am ready to come to you and and I will not be burdensome to you for I seek not yours but you for the children not not to lay up for the parents but the parents for the children. And I really like that scripture. It doesn't really quite align with not seeking our own um, because it's the Lord speaking to us about how he doesn't care about our possessions. He doesn't care about our talents. He doesn't know well, he does, but he doesn't care about what we can do. He cares about us, the individual. And it's, it goes along the lines of the scriptures where he talks about how he's capable of doing his own work and he will show us at the last day that he can do his own work. And so, like, I really like that idea and this is the main scripture that made me realize that I need to care more about my children than I do myself, even though I don't have kids yet. Like I need to be preparing my life and to be able to provide for them already. Like as part of, you know, my belief and my role as a future father, it'll be my responsibility to provide for the physical well-being of my children and the spiritual well-being as a provider. And so I thought a lot about that and like I can start preparing now by investing money so that I won't be destitute if I lose my job when I have kids. Um, like that's only a small aspect of it though because there's there's so many other really cool th scriptures that I found um, just and quotes as well, mostly scriptures. But like I, I – every year I always outline – and I have questions that I ask, like, what does this theme mean? What does the result look like? How am I going to do this? Why am I going to do this? Like, have this my theme? And what does this bring me? And I always sit and analyze them. And although these are very personal to me, um, so I'm not going to really share the details on them, um, I I think it's very it, – it affects me profoundly throughout the year. Like, when I got my bonus at work, I put it towards debt, majority of it because of my theme. 
Um, if my theme had been a year of dedication, I probably would have not paid off debt with it. And I would have put it all into investments um, because I want a truck, a really cool truck in a couple of years. And it's interesting to me, at least, um, like I've been doing theme this theme for a long time. Uh, like this is like my fourth or fifth year doing one. And I mean, I, I really like the theme mentality because halfway through the year, I can completely change it if I want to. Like not the theme itself, but what it means and how it will affect my goals. Um, but I don't know. I just really like it. Like the yeah. theme itself. I mean, we've talked about how much we like themes themselves for a while. They're not New Year's resolutions. And they so they have like weight and power at the end of the year as much as they do at the beginning. Um, but I'm... Um, let's see. I had a question. Oh yeah. How often do you review your own theme? <clears throat> so I think that's the thing that I struggle with kind of like I do think about it, but what I kind of did, um, let me actually see exactly how I laid it out just so I, so I, I'm not quite as structured as you as, as I like have a document that I lay mm-hmm. out and think about it. But what I do um, is I have it in like, I guess actually since I switched my planning stuff, I don't have it anymore. Dang it, I don't need to redo that. But basically what I've done in the past is I have a weekly planning like outline that just has all the things that I need to like go over briefly for that week. Um, and at the very top of that, I say, I have like a little tax that says like, go over year of freedom or whatever, Mm -hmm. and, or whatever my yearly theme is. And so then like, that's like weekly that I think about it just a, just a little bit, just like, how is it going? You know, it is it, am I doing things that are, you know, kind of in the spirit of the theme? Um, though for the past little while I've been experimenting with kind of having a more minimal planning system. And so I, have not been using that uh, like list, and so I haven't been reviewing it. But that's this is a good reminder that I need to add that. I'm actually going to put that in right now. Um, yeah, so that's mainly what I do is while I'm planning, just kind of quickly thinking about it. But I kind of like the idea that you have of like actually like sitting down and thinking about what it looks like and what you hope to gain from it, because then when you actually think about it, you can. Um, there's like a little bit more concrete things there. What about, what about you? So one of the main reasons why I really like having my document outlined is because it's, it's, I really like ceremony, if that makes sense. Like we don't really have that much of it in, in our life anymore. Like it appeals to something. I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot, how, how religion, when people don't have it, they find other ceremony. And one of the examples he brings up is wearing your ceremonial clothing to your sports game. Like people do that. And it's because sports has in one sense replaced the ceremony of religion. And so I like I like finding reasons to have personal tradition ceremony. So for instance, um, the year theme, when I do plan it, I turn off the lights which is weird, but I sit and I, I, in my bed this last year is what I did. I sit cross-legged and I review my theme, what I want to do. And I answer those questions and I review, I think, do I want to set any goals that align with this right now? Um, typically I don't. And generally speaking, 
um, the only time I do set goals. I don't do it that often where I physically write down no goals, but when I do it, I always review my theme document and look at it. Okay, does this goal actually align with one aspect? If it doesn't align with at least one or two aspects of my theme, then I don't set that goal. I modify it until it fits those or I discard it. Um, so every time, I think that's probably where the theme benefits me the most. Like it is very refreshing to start your year off with a sort of ceremonial study session and finding your theme, answering these questions, looking at your last year, looking forward to the year and thinking about it. But the main reason why I kind of have that extensive of a document is because I I just enjoy doing that for some reason. <laughs> like it really appeals to me. Um, I find it, it's, it, it, re- it reminds me of something that happened on my mission. <laughs> and it's so funny. Um, I had a companion that was obsessed with Gregorian chant music. Um, but he would listen to the, like this Gregorian chant music of modern favorite, like pop music. So it was like Gregorian renditions of like Katy Perry's firework and like really cool and interesting. Like it wasn't cool. It was super weird. It's like really weird, but it like had the style of Gregorian chant, but it was also a little more modern new age ish. So it's just, it was interesting listening for sure. Um, but this one time I like went and used the bathroom. And then when I came back out, all the lights were off. He had set up like a hundred little tea candles and had lit them all. <laughs> And he was listening to the Gregorian chant with a towel over his head. So it was like a robe (laughs) with all these candles lit. And then he had his old like 1860 Bible and he was just reading this with the Gregorian chant music playing. And I was just like, the crap did I just walk in on? (laughs) Like, What is happening? But like that feeling though, wasn't, it wasn't like a dirty, gritty cult feeling. It was like a, this is fun. <laughs> like kind of like interesting, like it made me want to do it. And I think that partially influences why I turn off the lights. So you joined a cult? Uh, I mean, I was already part of a cult. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, but in, in a sense, like I've never had a negative feeling towards weird ceremony. <laughs> and it's partially because I've never gone into the occult <laughs> and seen the effects of dirty ceremony. So I don't know. I just, I like, it kind of helps you just zone in on what you're doing when the lights are off. Um, but it does make you feel a little weird when you, when you talk about it on a podcast later. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out what, I, where I was going with my thought. Cause I kind of distracted myself with, with the influence of turning off the light, but I don't remember hmm. anymore. My, my, my thoughts just kind of rambled out there for a little while. <laughs> Um, I had one more question and then, uh, uh, that's all I have, but, oh yeah, I was going to talk about how often I review my theme and then I was going to ask another question. So my theme, I review it probably only about four or five times a year. It's actually very rare that I review it. The times that I review it are generally prompted by a surprise thing like my, uh, more than generous bonus from work where I was like, well, what do I do with this? Holy cow. <laughs> and so I sat down and I had to think, okay, what do I, what, how should I plan this and whatnot? And I went through my theme and found reasons to do what I did with it. But the other thing is, is occasionally 
I just get kind of like bored with my progression. And I'm just like, I'm tired of focusing on the same things. Let's look at my theme. Oh, it turns out I haven't been focusing on my theme. Hmm. So how often do you review your theme, would you say? I mean, you said during weekly planning, but how often do you like deep dive into your theme? Like really think about, am I actually following through with my theme? How does my actions reflect that? Uh, honestly, not very often. Um, and I think, I think that's because mine, like I, I kind of, mine's a little bit more abstract and I kind of want it that to be sense. more solid or more concrete like yours is. So I might actually take that into account a little bit more. Um, because since it's kind of more of like a general idea, like I don't go into like depth and write down like a bunch of things like you do, that when I think about it, it's also kind of in that abstract way. So it's kind of just kind of general, like is is what I'm doing kind of generally moving me towards that direction? Um, so yeah, I don't, honestly, it's not something that I dive super deep into. Um, yeah, okay. That makes sense. I mean, you, we already kind of went over how often we think about the theme, but... Um, do you, th how, how would you say your theme affects choices that you've made so far in the year? Like, has it impacted you kind of a little bit or has it impacted a lot of the choices you made or has it only impacted like a few? Um, I think it's affected me. Well, now here's the thing. This is like a chicken and an egg problem because one of my goals was to just try to get out of it as quickly as possible. And my theme kind of reflects that. So is that because of the theme or because of like what I had already thought about? So, but that's definitely like, at least the things that I am doing that uh, were, were part of the theme creating process uh, is are still like happening, if that makes sense. So I guess... Yeah, I'm trying to think now that maybe the, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I, th I think that it does affect, like, at least the spirit of it definitely keeps affecting. Because, like, every time I want to spend money on something, like, nice. And the spirit like, of freedom kicks in. Yeah, and... I'm just like, eh, I don't know if I, you know. <laughs> um, so, Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of an unsatisfactory answer, but I... I think it's fine. Don't really have that much. Because my answer to that question is basically the same. Other than my bonus, I can't think of a single decision that I've made that has been wholly impacted by my my theme. Maybe partially there's been a couple things like... Um, like, just in general, like I have... I've, I haven't really focused on my theme as much as I think I probably could have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there aren't, I can't think of anything other than my, my bonus, the effect was single-handedly affected by my theme. So I guess my answer to the question of how often has it affected my choices is probably minimal, very, very minimal. Has it actually affected it? Maybe half a dozen, if that, and I'm sure I've written about it or talked about it in my journal since I record my journals. Um, but off my top of my head, I, I can't think of any. Hmm. Read any good books lately? <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> the Great Gatsby I'm currently working through. 
it is work to get through too, isn't it? You know what? I'm actually enjoying it a little bit more than I thought I would. Yeah, me too. That um, was how I felt about halfway through. I was like, this is a little better. Just, oh, let's see. I don't want to spoil anything. I can't remember what how it ends because I read it in high school or whatever, but I love the way he writes. That's that's one of the things I'm enjoying the he most. He has a style that's very unique and very flowery. And I in, the one thing that I think that I ended up it took me most of the book to realize, but he he will specifically compare like two things to imagery to actual like surroundings. So, for example, the the rose of ashes or whatever in the beginning is actually the city, right? And seeing it from a distance and seeing the rows of homes and buildings. Um, but he will very often describe something symbolically rather than literally describe it. And there are a couple times where I'd read something and I'd be like, the heck is he talking about? (laughs) And then I'd sit and think and I'd be like, Oh, he's talking about boating. (laughs) Like they went boating. That's what that means. And sometimes like he brushes over. He, he, he like skips large amounts of time with like a single sentence. And then he'll go into detail into a few minutes and then you'll skip a large amount of time with a few sentences. And you kind of have to figure out the pacing yourself and where, what he's talking about and when, and it reminds me of how I feel about, like, I actually really like this aspect of the book. Now we're talking about it. It reminds me of how I f- feel about my own memories, how there's things that stand out to me and things that I kind of gloss over when I think of a time in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think the book is a really good reflection of remembering something. Yeah. But at the same time, I hate the book <laughs> and I don't ever want to read it again. Well, we'll uh, we'll see what happens when I get yeah. through I'm, it. I'm curious to hear what you think about one specific line that made me laugh out loud, and I still laugh about when I think of it. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see. I think you'll know what it is when you read it. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you will, because you'll be like, what the heck? <laughs> but it's one of those, like, who thinks of that? <laughs> Sounds good. I'll look out for it. Cool. We'll have to talk about that more in detail when you finish the book. Yeah, let's do it. Ciao.